Come on. John 21. Open your Bible to John 21. I hope you brought your word tonight. I hope you brought the Bible tonight. Because we're going we're gonna to dissect the word of God. Hey, you guys know what this is up here for? This is up here so you can give offerings. We do believe in giving offerings. There's nothing in here right now. And I'm not trying to say nothing, but I'm just saying something, you know. (laughs) I'm encouraging you that you're missing out on the blessings of God if you're not choosing to bless him and his church financially. I'm being honest. I'm being serious. When you keep your offerings and your money away from God, you keep them from God, you actually, A, are robbing from him, and two, or sorry, A and two, you know, I'm just going to mix things up now. Just see they're paying attention. A and B, you're actually missing out on the life that God promised for you. Jesus says it's more blessed to give than receive. And I'm not saying it because there's nothing in here nobody's given, and you all need to come down here and throw money in the bucket. Uh, but if you feel so inclined, then do it. But, but you must understand that it's important to be giving to, to one another and to your local church. So if this is your local church, we encourage you to be giving of your money. If you're not, it's because you don't believe that God will provide for you. That's the simple truth right there. It's just because you don't believe. But I believe that when I give, my God's faithful to provide. So I encourage you to be givers. John 21. John 21. The Gospel of John, the fourth Gospel. Chapter 21. You there? Dang it. I don't got my stinking iPhone on me. Where's my iPhone at? Did I? It's in my office? Dang it. Dang it. No, I don't need, I need my iPhone, bro. I mean, sorry. There's some things on there, but um, bummer. You guys there? John 21, verse 1. You know, I don't want to be that guy. That guy. You ever heard that before? That guy. Drew knows what I'm talking about. I don't want to be that guy that parks in two parking spots. You, you know what I'm talking about? You know, you go up the park and, this, and the, you're like, oh, there's a spot. And you drive like halfway around the block, come to the parking spot. And some dude has got like a teeny little Subaru, but he's parking in both parking spots. Don't be that guy. And don't be that girl, girls. Find the spot. There's two lines, usually not in Alaska during the wintertime, but find the spot, use common sense, and park it. I don't want to be that guy. You know, there's another guy I don't want to be. This is going to hurt some of you. I don't want to be the devil. I don't want to be that guy that invites himself to a party. Yeah, man. Thanks, bro. I didn't expect you to go get it. Give it up for Andrew. Come on. Thanks, bro. I'm talking about the guy that parked in two parking spots. I'm talking about the guy that invites himself to a party. That guy. Crazy. I'm talking about the guy that wasn't invited to a party, and he invites other people to a party. No, I just, got, I just made a bunch of these up because I just realized there's a lot of that guys in our city. And we, we can't be a youth ministry struggling with that guy, if you know what I'm saying. I don't want to be that guy that ditches his or her girlfriend or boyfriend 
for his friends or for her friends. I don't want to be that guy that ditches his friends for his girlfriend. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, I'm married, so I'll ditch all you guys for my wife. But, but I'm talking about girlfriends right now, and I'm talking about boyfriends right now. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy that when I'm sitting across the table from him or her, And they're chewing with their mouth open. I'm, look, I'm just being honest. I'm just trying to be honest tonight. I don't want to be that. you there, John 21. John 21, verse 1. And my Bible reads like this. New King James. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again. Now, you got to understand context. Jesus had already died. And it had been three days. He rose again. And now he started showing himself to people. So Jesus was alive. He was he was. He was a man, but he was the God-man, and he rose again, and he, wrote, and, he, and he revealed himself to people, to those he chose to. So the Bible says he showed himself again. This is actually the third time he shows himself to these disciples. So he shows himself to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and, and in this way he showed himself. You get the picture? So John is trying to tell us how Jesus showed himself. And Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. I am going fishing. Now you got to understand context. Peter had already left his nets, had already left fishing. We read that in Luke 5 two weeks ago. You guys remember that? Where Peter, you know, he gives his whole life to Jesus. He drops his nets and he follows hard after Jesus. And he says, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't fishing no more. I'm done with fishing. Jesus had died. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again. And Peter goes, I'm going fishing. So, uh-oh. They said to him, these are the disciples. These are the other six guys with them. They said to him, we're going with you also. I don't want to be that guy. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night, they caught nothing. I think that word immediately was in there to help us understand uh, that they were really excited about going fishing, like they had nothing else better to do. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, do you have any food? They answered him, mm-mm. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. Does this sound familiar? Cast it on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Because remember, last time this happened, they didn't ha- catch anything the night before, right? This is, this is at the end of the Gospels. This is at the end of Jesus' life on earth, meaning that he wasn't going to be here anymore, showing himself visibly. And he pretty much says the same thing. Cast you down the other side, and you will find some fish. I like how he says some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fishes. Sound familiar? When I say fish, it's all you like, Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, who's that disciple whom Jesus loved? John. Okay, so that disciple whom Jesus loved, it's funny, he wrote the book and he says, talks like that. Okay. Said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his clothes and jumped in the water. Now, I got a question. What did the dude have his clothes off for? I don't know about you, I like fishing, but I never like fishing enough to take my clothes off, for real. I mean, there's never been a time where I like it that much. But apparently he was toiling or something. He got hot, so he started taking his clothes off. 
And he saw Jesus, and he put his clothes back. I'm just trying to figure this one out. He put his clothes back on, jumped in the water, swam. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I would have kept my undies on. You know, jumped in the water as I'm swimming. Hey, John, bring my clothes with me, bro. And, but maybe he didn't want to be naked before Jesus. That'll preach, though. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of weird, too, though. Okay. But the other disciples came in the little, in the little boat. <laughs> the little boat. For they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. So there's so many fish, they can't pull the net into the boat. So they got, they're, they're holding onto the net, dragging all these fish, right? So there's a lot of fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there. And fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land, full of large fish. So you got to understand something. Peter's already on the shore, and the other disciples come with all the fish. Jesus says, hey, bring the fish. And Peter turns around. He's like, sweet. He runs back, grabs the fish. It's almost as if he was saying, I caught these fish. Or he was saying, look at what, look what we got, Lord. And he brings it all the way to Jesus, full of excitement. I'm sure the other disciples helped him out, but, but this shows me something that Jesus, or sorry, that Peter got excited. Peter was stoked. He was probably sitting there having a conversation with Jesus. I don't know. But when the disciples came up with the boat, Peter grabbed all them fish and pulled them to Jesus. There's about 153 fish, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. And everybody said, Amen. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, or Peter, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Get the picture. They're sitting around fire eating breakfast. Peter just brought a bunch of fish to Jesus, and Jesus says, do you love me more than these? Get the picture? Okay, you got to put yourself there. We're on the beach with Jesus. They're eating breakfast. I don't, eat, I, don't, I don't eat fish and bread for breakfast, but hey, you know, different culture, different place. Bless him, Lord. And he said to him, after, after, after Jesus says, do you love me more than these? He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. That word love, when he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. That word love right there is not the same word that Jesus used. Jesus used the word, when he says, do you love me, he used the Greek word agape. So catch with me real quick. I'm going to teach for a minute here. He used the Greek word agape, which is unconditional love. This love only comes from God. Jesus asked Peter, do you unconditionally love me? Peter responds and says, yes, Lord, I phileo you. There's a difference between agape and phileo. Phileo is, I have emotions and feelings for you. I like you when it's good for me. I, I, I'm going to follow you when everything's exciting. Jesus says, do you unconditionally love me no matter what? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I, I like you. I have emotions for you. I got a crush on you, Lord. And that was kind of the emotions he was speaking of. I mean, this, that the word phileo is the words that they would use when they were speaking of even, even other people, like girls with guys. You have to have a crush. I have phileo for them. I, I really like them. I got emotions, and I get excited. I get, I get that little goosebumps when I see them. And that's what Jesus was speaking of. Jesus, sorry, Jesus was speaking of the other love. Peter was speaking of this love. He's, Jesus says, okay, well, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Jesus says, Simon, do you love me? 
Do you agape me? Do you unconditionally love me? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I phileo you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Verse 17. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you phileo me? First time he asked, do you agape me? Second time he asked, do you agape me? The third time he says, do you phileo me? Do you, do you just like me when everything's working out for you? Do you just like me when I'm bringing in a bunch of fish for you? Do you just like me when there's a bunch of signs and miracles? And it says Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you phileo me? Because what Peter understood something. In their language, Peter understood Jesus wasn't saying, do you agape me? Peter was understanding that Jesus was reading the heart of Peter. Peter understood that Jesus was understanding that Peter's heart didn't really unconditionally love Jesus. But Peter only liked Jesus. And so that's why Peter was grieved. His heart was hurt. That the Jesus who rose from the dead, whom he denied three times, was finding out that Peter didn't even really love him. So Jesus asked him, do you phileo me? And, 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 and Peter says, Lord, you know all things. I get it. It's like saying, I get it, Lord. You're God. I saw you do it to the Pharisees. I, I heard about the time when you did the, the woman at the well. She came to you or you came to her and, and you told her, whole, I get it. You see my heart. You know me. You know all things. You know that I only phileo you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Three times Jesus asked him, do you love me? Sorry, two times. The third time he said, do you pretty much, do you like me? And three times Jesus said, feed my lamb, tend my sheep, and feed my sheep. In other words, he's saying, do you love me? Take care of my people. Do you love me? Take care of my people. Most assuredly, I say to you, Peter, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked wherever you wished. Say wished. Come on, say wished. Say wanted. In other words, he's saying, can you turn my mic up a little bit? I don't know if anybody's up there, but. Because when I pull it away, you can't barely hear me. Okay. No, actually, leave it. I'm speaking to the unknown man up there. Just leave it. Because I might yell, and I don't need to be yelling, breaking people's eardrums. Okay. He said, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Peter, if you study history, actually hung upside down on a cross and died for Jesus. He was martyred for Jesus. All 11 of the apostles were martyred for Jesus. Except John. John was the 12th disciple. Obviously, Jonah, or Jonah, <laughs> Judas killed himself. They found another disciple, another apostle to build the church. And so 11 of them died, were martyred for the faith. John, the guy that we're reading right now, he wrote this when he was really, really, really old, probably A.D. 90. 90 A.D. was when John wrote this, old man. So when he wrote this, if you read on to the rest of the story, it actually is kind of funny. Uh, because Peter says, well, how, what about this guy? But he speaks to him about 
how he is going to die. And at the very end, he says, follow me. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love, take care of my people? Lord, I don't love you. You know that I don't love you. I understand that. Just, just follow me. Just follow me. Amen. Go to Galatians chapter 5, and we will jump start tonight. I hope you're expecting. I hope your heart is open, because I believe the Lord wants to really do surgery tonight. I hope that you're open to what he has, because I really do believe he has a word for us. Because I really do believe that God wants to bring revival to this city. But before revival can come to this city, my brother Andrew Satterfield, I'll never forget, he preached about three, four years ago right here. And he said, I'll never forget it, one of the best messages. He said, before we can have a revival in our city, we have to have a revival in our heart. Remember that? I bet you remember that, man. He preached with passion. That's a preacher right there. And that's what needs to happen in us. Gabriel, I'm already passionate. I know. I know. You there? Galatians 5, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. Hallelujah! But faith working through love. Say that. Faith. Come on, faith. Come on, we've been talking about faith the past few weeks, huh? I bet Reed preached a great message last week on faith and having vision and getting a dream for your life. In the past few weeks, about before that, we've been talking about stirring up your faith, right? Having faith that God wants to move. Having faith that God has things in store for you, right? Well, Paul, the apostle, writes to us and says, nothing matters. Nothing matters except faith expressing itself, working through love. I got passion. Yeah, but do you got love? Let's pray. Father, tonight, we love you. God, to be honest, I don't always agape you. And Lord, the only times I can genuinely do that is when I'm filled with your unconditional love. And Father, we thank you that you know all things and you still love us. And you still say, come follow me. What a humbling thought. Lord, tonight I ask and I expect you to move. And I ask that you would impart a word into us, Lord, that we would leave here different. Lord, I don't pray this that they would hear me. I pray and I ask you authentically, God, would you impart a word into our hearts? God, that you would bring revival to our heart. God, that you would change our heart. God, that we would leave here limping away spiritually, never the same because you touched our heart. God, we need you. We ask that your word would divide between our own perspective of who we are and how we really are. Help us to be honest with ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen. I uh, find this interesting. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And there's a lot of speculation about why Peter went fishing. I really think, and I don't have time to really get into all the reasons why, but I really think the reason why Peter went fishing was not necessarily uh, uh, because he was upset or, 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 or he was struggling with a bunch of shame and guilt. And maybe that's possible because he denied Jesus three times. He never had a real connection with Jesus after that. But I think the real reason why he went fishing, because nothing was really happening. I think the real reason is because he just kind of got bored. You know, what happened before was Jesus, Jesus uh, told his disciples. Uh, he said, hey, I'm going to come again, and I'm going to impart to you, and I'm going I'm I'm to pour out my spirit on you. But you've got to wait. Stay here. 
if you study it and you understand history, you understand the Hebrew culture, that it was about 50 days from the time when, when the sacrifice was given. The sacrifice was given the day that Jesus died. Come on, how many knew that? The day that Jesus died, people were killing lambs and other animals on the same day. Jesus died on, he died on the day when they gave sacrifices for sins of the world, for sins of people, for sins of the Jews. Jesus died on that day. Jesus rises again three days later, comes again, and about 50 days later was a time of, of, of Pentecost, was, was, was a time when all these Jews from all over the world would come together. And Jesus says, stay here until then. I'm going to pour out my spirit. He says, tarry. He says, wait. You can read it in Luke. I think Luke 23. He says, stay here. Just hang out, you know, just, but it, but it doesn't, it, sorry, it doesn't mean just hang out. It means, Terry means wait on me. It, it, it gives you the picture of this. When you go to Moose's Tooth, you have waiters that wait on you, right? They come and they serve you food and they give you water. Don't be the guy, uh-oh, don't be the guy that only brings enough money to Moose's Tooth for food. Bring enough money to bless somebody. Bring enough money that you might even buy some food for somebody else, and then you still have enough money to bless the person that brought the food to you. Don't be that guy. So when the Bible says, wait on me, what it was really speaking of was, hey, serve me. Wait on me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something, but I want you to wait on me. Peter says, I'm going fishing. Remember, he already dropped his nets, and he goes fishing. What do you do? Hear me out. Hear me out. Let this ring in your ear throughout the night. What do you do when nothing is seemingly happening or when seemingly nothing is happening? What do you do when there's no signs and wonders? What do you do when there's not a worship team that's leading you in worship? What do you do when you don't have your iPod plugged in and you're able to hear some amazing worship leader lead you in worship? What do you do when there's not excitement? What do you do when somebody next to you isn't worshiping Jesus but you're in a place called the world where people who aren't saved don't love Jesus and you're in your classroom and they're making fun of the person next to you and you don't have emotions to really love Jesus so you make fun of somebody what do you do when nothing emotional is happening what do you do i've been married to my wife this is our third year going in our third year we got about a few months left uh about five months and we'll be three years believing for that anointing that's annoying every every year man let's make stuff up and so but before that we dated for almost five years don't do that this is bad advice don't follow me in this. Stupid. Amen, brother. Amen, man. Come on. The way Justin is a lot better. Just a little bit quicker. Make sure you know the girl, but look, I'm telling you, don't, don't chew up the way me and Reed did. If you want to follow somebody's advice, follow somebody who did a little bit quicker. I got I to gotta be careful with that. People are going to be like, oh, I'm getting married tomorrow. No, no. The devil's a liar. There's a process, but don't wait five years. We need to do a series on dating, man, for real. <laughs> some of you need help. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Not that I'm able to help you, but the Lord's got some wisdom in the Word of God. So, okay, anyway, where was that? Oh, Ashley. Okay, so, uh, so you know, I, I remember when I first met her, I got saved. I, I got on my knees right here, and, I, and I, I gave my life to Jesus right here in this place, right here, right here. About almost seven years ago. This is, this is my seventh year of being a Christian. Seventh year. And that night, 
Ashley invited me to her birthday. I just, I just came into, into Heritage, and I saw her. And anyway, it was a long story. I don't have time to get into it. I cried the whole way up there, pulled over on the side of the road because I was so full of joy and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was just, the Lord was just moving on me, you know, good time. And I went up to Ashley's house, and I'm crying. I got this big white suit on. So, <laughs> somebody's laughing like they, they saw me or something. Drew. And I got this big, white, fluffy sweatsuit. Like, like, not just a white top, but like white bottoms and a white top. Like, I look like a skinny Michelin man. Like, for real. I, I, I was surprised somebody said, hey, Gary, what ain't Halloween, bro? Wait till October. That's a couple months from now, bro. And I came in, and, and I remember, you know, I'm walking through. She, she's giving me a, a, a tour through the house. I was like, what's wrong with that guy's eyes are all red, you know? He's from Willow. <laughs> probably smoking something you know I don't, I don't know what they said but and so we're walking <laughs> hey i was smoking jesus that day come on now and i'm walking through the through the house and and i remember i remember where we were walking through the kitchen and i said i'm marrying this girl i said i'm marrying this girl this is this is this is mine and i and i remember from that moment on i was i was just gonna i wasn't gonna give up until i got this girl i'd stay up i remember the first phone call we had we stayed up till like six in the morning i watched the sun rise baby I said, hey, baby, the sun's rising, and I'm taking a 30-minute nap because i got to go to school in the morning. <laughs> it was so funny. We, you know, you know when, you, when you're, like, madly in love, you know, you just do the craziest things. How many know what I'm talking about? No, you don't. Shut up. I saw that hand. I'm just kidding. No, but for real, though, you just do the craziest things when you're just, when you're just you know. And, and, and so we go to school, and I, I remember almost every time, every time I get ready for school, I, 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 the, the way I styled my hair, I thought about Ashley. The way I put on my shoes and the type of shoes I put on, I thought about Ashley. The jeans I wore, I thought, you know, my, my butt going to look good in this one? And, and it, should I do a button-up today? Or should, you know, I did some push-ups last night, so should I just wear a T-shirt and show off them guns? I mean, what do you do, you know? And when you're all up for this girl, you just, you, nothing's holding you back. You just want her to know how much you love her. So I got this red Bronco. Come on now. This red Bronco, a 1996 leather interior candy apple red Bronco. Man, we could just stop right there. For real, you can Google it. You should Google some of these times. Candy apple red Bronco, leather interior, power everything, 80,000 miles on it. Pfft, I was driving a classic. So I go to my wife. Well, she wasn't my wife yet. But in faith, she was my wife. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I told her the first, when I tell her, first night on the phone, that one I said, I said, I'm marrying you. I told her straight up. Guys, don't do that. That's stupid. Because there's guys that have said that, and that girl's married to somebody else, and they feel like an idiot. So don't say that. That was dumb. That was just, I was just ambitious, stupid little junior in high school. Okay. And, and so she comes to my house. I'm living at my uncle's house over here in Independence Park. <laughs> and I remember I got all, all excited. We're going on a date. So I had her meet me there. And so she, we jumped in my Bronco. And I'm just, you know, I took all the time to put up my hair and to spray like six extra cologne sprays on me of like six different colognes because I need all the anointings, you know. <laughs> I poured some on my neck here, you know. And I, I, I tied my shoes extra tight because I didn't want my feet falling out when I was running to her and I was dancing with her and and I, and I put the nicest belt on I had, and, and then I saw her, and I came down, and I was like, what up, girl? You know, you just kind of walk differently, you see, you know. You know, you know what it's like? 
You know what it's like when you get out of third period and you know that she's coming from history class and you're coming from math class and you know that you're going to cross each other for the first time. You know what I'm talking about? And your friend's talking, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You see her? You see her? You know. Uh-huh. You, you listen to me? No, I ain't listening to you, man. Do you see that girl right there? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Am I the only one? For, I feel like, okay, you get with me, bro. Coming from Bible class, I'm extra anointed. My face is shining like Moses. Come walking out of there like this. And then I don't see her. Dang it, you know? Mess up my hair. Take out my shirt. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Mess up my hair. This is stupid. And then she walks out of class. Oh, shoot. You know, fixing my hair again, you know? What up, girl? You know, so... I, I remember every time when I got ready for school, I got ready for Ashley. You've been there. I know that you've been there, Justin. Yeah, you. He feels all awkward now. He's like, oh, dang. I'm just messing, bro. I'm just messing. No, but I, I was me. I was, I was totally there. And, and so when she came to my house, I got all ready for Ashley. And so we get in the car, but I forgot to do one thing. You gotta be, you gotta be careful, cause this was our first date. I hopped my candy up a red car. Oh, careful, it's leather. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just making sure it's warmed up, you know? Pull up, talking, talking about my past experiences and, how I'm all that, and just trying to, don't do that. Girls think that's disgusting. But I was doing my best. I was doing my best, you know. Doing my best with what I got. The Bible says that nobody, no, no man receives something unless it is given to him by God. I didn't have the revelation about that particular thing at that particular time. But now I'm trying to help you out. For those of you who are trying to talk about yourself too much, the girls hate it. Okay, anyway. We come to the first stoplight, and I'm talking. I'm just going on and on and on, and 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 she's she's just listening and listening. I'm just I'm just everything's cool. My hair is cool. I got my aviator glasses on. Actually, back then, aviator glasses, and then the 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 puka puka shells, the puka shells. Come on, come on now. And the puka shells, you know, that's tight on the neck. You know, tight on the neck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, just chill, you know, sun shining, and then I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> and I look at her, and she's like, what happened? Oh, nothing. Yeah, I, like, the car didn't just shut down, you know. <laughs> Starts up, and I go about a foot. She goes, I don't think there's gas in it. <laughs> And I look, yeah, there's not. <laughs> but I look good, don't I? <laughs> no, I thought of saying that, but <laughs> I feel like an idiot. Anyway, she went, bought a gas tank at Fred Meyer right here, came, filled it up, and poured it in my, oh, I'm just an idiot in the car. Sir, you need help? No, I'm just an idiot on my first date. <laughs> Sir, you need help? No, my girlfriend's getting gas for me. I'm cool, bro. You know, sir, do you need uh, something to file our fingernails with? Yeah, that'd be nice. Thanks, jerk. You know? <laughs> and so, 
I was an idiot. But anyway, I didn't even know that. That didn't have nothing to do with my store. But I, the point is that I did everything just for that, that little, little contact coming out of third hour, you know. I, I, did, I did everything just, just so she would look at me and wink at me. And then, and then we get married and have an awesome wedding and we have an awesome, you know, honeymoon. And we come back and, and now we're a few years in marriage. And most people say the first few years of marriage are the, are the hardest and, and they're the worst. And I said the devil's a liar. Because my first few years of marriage have been the best years of my life, and I kid you not. And I don't just, I'm not just saying that so you go, oh, really? No, I'm being honest. It's the best. You know what I'm saying, Reed? Amen. And <clears throat> but the question is, what do I do when I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not in por- uh, a Cabo San Lucas. You know, what, what do I do when I'm not in an all-inclusive resort? And all I got is a is a cheap apartment and and dirty a dirty stained carpet and it stinks and people are smoking weed below me and there's a cockroach infestment across the way and we're not doing the best financially and I came home from a long day at work and she's eight months pregnant. What do I do in that moment? Because that's, that's, that's the test of, of men today in our country. That's not the honeymoon. It's not when you're dating. That's just phileo. What do you do when nothing's seemingly happening? What do you do? You can ask my wife what I do. I'm not going to say what I do. She'll have to be the one that says what I do. And I didn't prep her before. Hey, tell them good things, you know. But what do you do when nothing's happening with Jesus? What do you do when you're not at church? What do you do when that worship band isn't helping you get into Jesus' presence? What do you do when there's no revival? What do you do when the promises of God that you foresaw aren't coming? What do you do? What, no, no, not, not what do we do. What do you do? What does your life look like when nothing is seemingly happening? Peter went fishing, and he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Why did Jesus do this? I think the reason why Jesus did this is because he wanted Peter to know, hey, Peter, I just want you to know I'm the one that brings the revival. I just want you to know it's not about you. I, I I just want you to know I'll do it. I just want you to know that the signs and the wonders and the revival and all that stuff, I'm doing. I just want you to know that the crowds of people and the multitudes, that's me. That's why Jesus did that. He wanted to reveal himself. He wanted them to get a picture. Wow, dang, Jesus, for real, again, you know. Like, he wasn't just kidding when he rose again. Like, he really rose again. He just gave me a bunch more fishes again. Bunch more fish. For all you politically correct people. Hey, did that, what, for real? John Calvin wrote fishes in his commentary in 1500, and I'm quoting from John Calvin. Come on now. He said, I'm the one who's going to do this thing. You go all the way down, verse 11. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish. You know, he's excited. 153. 
although there were so many, the net was not broken. Peter's stoked. Jesus, look at what you did again. Peter goes, I'm going fishing. Probably slumberish, slothful, kind of maybe giving up a little bit because nothing's happening. But then he gets excited when Jesus does a miracle. He gets excited when people around him are excited. He gets excited when he sees a sign. He gets excited when there's joy and there's zeal in the room. Do you you hear what I'm saying? He gets excited when it's emotionally stirred. But what do you do when that's not happening? Do you just go fishing? Do you just go back to an easy way of life? Do do you just kind of, do you just kind of, do you just give up? What, What do you do? That's, that's the question tonight. Jesus asks in John 15, or sorry, John 21, 15. He says, John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these fish? Do you love me more than these? I love it that it doesn't say, do you love me more than this? But it says, do you love me more than these? These is what? It's plural, right? Plural, it's a plural form of this. Do you love me more than these? Multiple, multitudes. Do you love me more than, more than this? Do you love me, Peter, do you love me more than signs? Peter, do you love me more than the miracles that I can do? Peter, do you love me more than what I can give you? Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you unconditionally love me regardless of what's happening, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation? Do you love me? I want to know, do you love me? When you wake up in the morning, John, do you love me? When nothing's happening and you don't feel the, 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 the goosebumps and you don't feel what you feel in a worship service, Peter, I want to know, do you love me? Do you love me? Tom, my message tonight is, do you love me? Do you love me? And that's what he's asking you tonight. Not do you phileo, but do you love me? More than these. More than what I can give you. Okay, Ron, I hear what you're saying, but I need you to go deeper. Okay. Do you love me more than the promises that you believe God has given to you? Do you want to be with me? more than you want to see revival. Do do you want to be with me more than you want to see yourself singing in front of 6,000 people? Do you want to, do you love me? Do you want me more than these? More, 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 more than, than, than people hearing that that word that God that I put on your heart? Do you love me more than what you can do? Do you love me more than what I can do? Do you love me for me? I want to know, Peter, do you love me? And I believe that's what he wants to know from you tonight. Do you love me? Do you love Jesus more than these? He says, Lord, you know that I phileo you. You know that I only... like you. He said to him again a second time, Simon, do you love me? Do you agape me? Peter, Peter, 
hey, young person, young person, do you love me? Simple question. Period. Do, do you love me? That's what he said. Do you love me? When you get up in the morning, do you think about me? When you go to bed at night, do you want to talk to me? When you're driving down the road and nobody's there, do you feel like you need to call somebody? Or you just want to, do you want me? Do you love me? You know, right now, junior hires in our world, in our society, and I think for all eternity, will always ask one simple question, do you want me? I want to know, do you want me? And I think Jesus is asking the same question, not because he's insecure, but because he wants to know, do we want him? In John 1, the first thing he says to the first following disciples is James and John. John 1, like 43, somewhere in there, you can look it up. And the first time, he starts walking, and, 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 and a couple of disciples are following him, and right behind him, he hadn't called anybody yet. He just, he just started walking, and they start following him, because John the Baptist says, hey, look, there's the Son of God, there's the Lamb of God, there's the one who take away the sins of the world, and James and John go, sweet, I'm following. And Jesus is walking, and he stops, and he turns and looks at them and says, what do you want? What, what a profound question. Why did Jesus ask, what do you want? Because I think he really wants to know, what is it that you want? Do, do you want to see signs? Because I can give you signs. But I don't want those who just want signs. Jesus says that, that the generation that seeks after signs and wonders, they're a cursed and damned generation. There's been a sign, young people. Jesus emphatically shows himself in John 21 after he died a few days before and rises again. He says, look, I'm the sign, bro. Hey, Peter, look, I've already done it. Hey, Peter, you looking for a sign? You want to see a miracle? Hey, I died. I got holes in my hands. I got a hole in my side. I bled and died for you. You want to see a sign? I'm your sign. It actually says it in Matthew. Those who seek a sign. Jesus says, do, do, do you want to seek a sign? I got a sign for you. The only sign you will get will be the one of the prophet Jonah. For he was, he was put in the belly of a whale for three days, and he came out again. So the Son of Man will be put into the belly of the earth for three days, and he will rise again. Young people, you want a sign? There's been a sign. You want a sign of his love? You want a miracle? Jesus has done it. I'm not saying he won't do any more miracles. I believe in revival. I believe that God's going to raise the dead through this generation. I believe that this city will come into this place and worship Jesus. I believe that this auditorium will be filled with young people. But do you love me more than these? I want to know if you want me. I don't know if you, I, I already understand you want a sign. It's in your nature. I want to know if you want me. I don't care if you want my signs. I, I can show signs to the devil and he will, he will shudder. I want to know if you want me. Peter says, yeah, I, I, could you imagine this conversation? I mean, just check it out for a minute. So you got, you got seven dudes sitting there. They're eating fish. And, 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 and so this is Peter, right? They've been living, Peter and his disciples have been living together for about six Sorry, about three years or so now. Okay, get the picture. So they're close. They're friends. Anybody live with people? Hopefully all of us live with people. <laughs> no, I live with wolves. You're weird, okay? Hey, I don't want to be like Jacob. You're a creep. No Jacobs. <laughs> oh, come on. That guy, for real. You live with people. You know what it's like when you get around somebody? You're like, dude, for real, brush your teeth. 
clean the stinking toilet, wash your dishes, and for real, bro, make your bed. I'm bringing my girl over tonight, dog. You know what I mean? And so these guys, <laughs> these guys, not that you're making the bed for, okay, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> Just in case. That's, you perverts. Okay. <clears throat> and, and, and. It, you you, you got to get the picture that these, these disciples had been together a lot. And so they're sitting around. Jesus has risen again. He's got holes in his hands, holes in his side. He's sitting there. They're eating fish. Jesus eating too. Crazy. We're going to eat in heaven. Praise God. And so they're eating. <laughs> Jesus goes, Peter, do you love me? You know, after the first time, everybody's probably just quiet, you know. You know what's an awkward question? <laughs> this happened down at our conference. <laughs> we were all down uh, at Seth's, Seth's parents' house. And nothing against his parents. Parents were amazing. They, they blessed us tremendously. But his dad one day, we're all sitting in the living room, and his dad walks in the living room, and he says, who flushed the toilet? He, he just, he, that's, that's all he said. He said, who flushed the toilet? And you should have saw Matthew Millar, Andrew Meisner, Jesse Meisner, and Cameron. Oh, 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 do I, if I say no, then all the girls think I'm a disgusting guy that doesn't flush the toilet, nor do I wash my hands. If I say yes, what if it flooded out and I'm in trouble? I don't know what to say. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I mean? It's one of those questions. You just don't just ask somebody. You know? Me and, me and uh, Seth's brother, Jesse, he's, he's got a brother named Jesse, we were laughing like crazy because you should have saw their faces. Oh, it was funny. Priceless, especially Cameron, because he, uh, Andrew's kind of smiling. Jesse didn't even look at, at the dad. He just looked at me. And Cameron's, because uh, he's trying to be honest, oh, uh, uh, you know, you know, it was, it was probably the funniest thing. So they're all sitting around this deal, and Jesus says, hey, do you love me? Yeah, 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 Peter, do you love Jesus? You know, could you imagine how awkward that would be? Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Peter, do you love me? I can tell you love them fishes. <laughs> it's crazy, you know, they're sitting around eating fish, the fish that they had just caught. And, and they're eating what Peter really wanted, remember? Remember, he really wanted to go get some fish. And, and they're eating these fish, and, and, and Jesus says, I get you want the fish, but do you want me? I get you want these things, but do you want me? I, I understand that you're trying to quench this desire. I'm, you're understand, I understand you're trying to quench this thirst. You're trying to quench this hunger that you have because you're a human being and you, you need food. I understand that you really want that and without that you can't live. But I want to be that for your soul. I want to be the sustenance of your life. I want to be the source of your joy. I want to be the source of your peace. I want to be the source of your love. I want you to want me. I want you to want me. That's what Jesus was singing. If that song was around, Jesus would have sung that song. I need you to need me. See, look, you got to understand something. You got to understand something. I understand that you all understand. I understand that you all understand. You with me? I understand that you all understand that you need Jesus. That's that, that the, the, the devil knows that. But do you want Jesus? 
There's a big difference from do you need Jesus and do you want Jesus. I'm past do I need him. I understand that I need him. And I understand that you need him. But I want so bad that I and that you would want Jesus. Because if we become a people that don't only understand that we need him, but when I wake up in the morning, I want Jesus. And when I see that thing I shouldn't be looking at, I don't want that thing. I want Jesus. And when everything isn't going well, I still want Jesus. Because it's, it's, it goes beyond what you need. Jesus understands that we are people with desires and we do what we want to do 100% of the time. I promise you 100% of the time you do what you want to do. Even if somebody holds a gun to your head and says either you kiss my feet or I shoot you. Gabriel was forced. No, you weren't. You had the opportunity and the, op- and, and the decision to either be shot in the head or kiss a dude's feet. You ultimately do what you want to do. And if we can get to a place to where we want and love Jesus, regardless of what it will turn out to be, that's what we were made for. Well, Gabriel, if we really want Jesus, then the revival will come. Do you want Jesus or you want the revival? If you genuinely just want Jesus, revival will happen in your heart. And when it happens in your heart, nothing will stop you from building and, and creating, by the grace of God, a revival in this city. But do you want the revival? Do you want to see yourself on a stage, on a platform? Do you want your name proclaimed around the world? Or do you want Jesus? He says, tend my sheep. Are you with me tonight? This is an important word tonight for our youth ministry. I really believe that we're on the brink of huge momentum in our city. I really believe that we are in a specific time that God has appointed. I really believe this word right now is for you. I'm not trying to condemn you. I just want you to be honest. Tend my sheep. You want me? Then take care of my people. So now we're going another place. Do, do you love me? Then take care of my people. The multitudes, Lord? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Can you just take care of an individual? We really like the roars of crowds, don't we? Just being honest. Hey, there's a lot of people here tonight. I'm going to worship extra hard. We like the roars of crowds more than a coffee meeting with an individual. That's our problem. That's my problem. That's my problem. I have this thing in me that wants more the roar of crowds than I want to love and care for the heart of an individual. Do you love me? Yeah, Lord. I don't think so. I think you just want I think you just want crowds and revival and, and all this harvest stuff. And I understand you want that because you want to see me move in the city, but I think you have another motive in there where you just want to be seen. Do you love me? Jesus asked him the third time, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you, do you like me? 
Are you, are, you, are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? In other words, do you, do you go by whatever's happening or you just make a decision to love Jesus regardless of what you feel and regardless of what you want seen? Do you love me? Be honest. Can the worship team come up? I, more than anything, I just want you to be honest with yourself. Don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. I feel like Peter here. Simon, Peter, do you phileo me? Could you imagine the emotions in this? Can we just have the piano right now instead of the whole band? Let's just have the piano right now. I don't know if they heard me, but just the piano. Could you imagine the emotions at this moment when they're sitting there, you know, and, and they're sitting and they're eating food together, and Peter just asked Jesus if he loved him. I don't think it was, hey, Peter, do you love me? <laughs> yes, Lord, you know I flail you. <laughs> I think that there was emotions here. I think Jesus made this specific stop before he went to heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. I think Jesus made the specific spot, stop for a specific reason. He wanted Peter's heart. Hey, Peter, I'm going I'm to bring the flood, man. I'm going to bring the harvest. Don't worry about those promises. If you need to know that, look, I just did another sign for you. I just want to know, do you want me? Don't worry about that. Can you imagine the emotions in the, at this moment? I don't think they're eating anymore. I, I think, I think... I think the coals, you know, when they're usually coals are red, I think it got, it just, just got black and it stopped, it stopped getting hot. It was just, everything just kind of shut down. The moon stopped. Everything kind of was this, you know, their heart, you could hear, you could hear their heartbeats, you know, and Peter, Peter's is going crazy. I mean, I bet everything was just fixated on this one moment when Jesus says, Peter, do you, because the, the disciples understood what Jesus was saying in Aramaic when he said, do you phileo me? Now, that's the Greek version of what he said in Aramaic. But do you, do you phileo me? I think there were some crazy, pretty crazy feelings at that moment, you know? Kind of like, ah, gosh. Do I tell him? What do I say? What do I say, Lord? He wants you to be honest. You know, if we're not honest with this simple thing, who knows, you know, God's faithful and I think he will do. Can we just have the piano playing? You guys are fine to stay up here, but just the piano playing. I think, and I know that God will do what he promises to do in Anchorage. But he cares about you as an individual. We get all hyped up about faith and people, brothers and sisters, listen. I'm the, I've been preaching faith for four weeks nonstop that we need to stir up our faith. I'm all about faith. What does faith look like? It looks like an unconditional love and pursuit of Jesus. An unconditional love pursuit of one another. Not how big your small group will get. 
not how many people will praise you when you did a good job when you led worship or when you said that thing and when you prayed that prayer. But faith looks like love. Nothing matters but your faith being expressed through a passionate, unconditional, relentless, intentional love for Jesus. And when you really love Jesus, you really love his people. I, you know, I want to be honest with you tonight, because if I'm going to ask you to be honest, I, you know, I'm, I better be honest. I'm not there. And I was telling Brother Pastor Reed a couple days ago how badly I want to really want Jesus. In the past four, four weeks of my life, I've wanted Jesus more than I ever have. I've just fallen in love with Jesus. I've cried with Jesus. I feel like I'm getting there. But you know, I'm going to be honest with you. In the, in the, in the very depths of my heart, and, and if you're offended tonight, I hope you're not. I hope that, that you're not offended. I hope that you, you stay and build with us. But sometimes I just want to see crowds more than I want to love people. That's wrong with me. That's what's wrong with me. And I just prayed tonight that God would fix that. And you know what? I don't expect it to happen overnight. Gabriel, you don't have faith. No. I just believe in a life of death, in a life of carrying my cross. And when I die to myself over a period of time, I don't want what I want anymore. I want what Jesus wants. And I want him. And so I'll believe that God will change that in me. And I'll believe in freedom and breakthrough. But I promise you tonight, don't leave tonight thinking that you are perfectly fixed. And you're going gonna to leave here just wanting Jesus. Because it isn't naturally in you. We know it's naturally in you only to want Jesus when everything's going good. Only to want Jesus if he gives you what you ask for. Not me. I, 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 have the, I have that. Sorry, that's me. I have that problem. Where I want to see what God has made me for. More than I want to just see his face. And I think that's our biggest desire. Somebody asked me a question yesterday in our Bible doctrine class. We have Bible doctrine class every Wednesday night, great times. And somebody asked me a question afterwards. They said, hey, Gabriel, why aren't we having revival? I thought it was a very profound question. Why aren't we having revival in our city? I thought the Lord gave me wisdom. He's, and I, I just said this, very simple. I said, because I don't think we really love Jesus, and I don't think we really love people. And until we get that down, we're not going to see what God has promised us. And our desire shouldn't be to see what God's promised us. Our desire should be because I love you, Jesus. Would you stand up with me? Would you stand with me?